Thursday. That's right. Thursday night coming to you live, April 8th, Wrestling Inc. It was night two of NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. I'm Justin Labar. He's Alfred Kunover from Forbes.com. They had to follow a pretty big night one. And Alfred, when you look at night two and you look at social media and the biggest complaint, the biggest bitch was about somebody changing their entrance music. I think you're doing all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did fine. I mean, they did the best they could. I just thought night one was such a perfect show that it might not be fair to compare a night two to that. Uh, but uh, damn if they didn't try because there was some crazy stuff on this show. There's a lot of stuff that I absolutely loved. Um, you know, we might want to get to it later. I didn't know if this was a superior show, but I mean, they had the benefit of being on Peacock, so being uh, longer, being able to do much more. And I thought they did just fine for a night two show, given how great night one was. I agree. Um, I think if I was to try to summarize, I would say night one, start to finish, was more consistently up here on the graph. But I think tonight and night two, when they got to their high points, they were at maybe the highest points of these last two nights, if that makes sense. So, yeah, a lot to uh, kind of unpack tonight, as Alfred just mentioned, on Peacock. So no, the time constraint's not there uh, in terms of having to be out by hard time. So this show went, uh, just the, the main show itself, not counting the pre-show, uh, the main show itself, going uh, about two hours and, and, and 40 minutes. So uh, 40 minutes longer than we thought that that made the main event match. It was part of a double main event. Uh, I did not, I did not necessarily predict Adam Cole and Kyle Raleigh being the last match of the night, but that's how it went down and uh, probably justified, which we will get to. Of course, we encourage your super chats. We love that you guys are taking place uh, going on in the comment section. We welcome everybody from uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, whatever platform you're watching on. We appreciate you staying up with us here tonight, especially if you're on the East Coast. So let's kick it off on the main show. And we kick it off with the Cruiserweight Unification uh, title match. And it's done via ladder. We got Santos Escobar, who has been the uh, recent, uh, the, the, the interim, if you will, Cruiserweight champion up against the original Jordan Devlin Cruiserweight champion. Uh, as you might recall, um, you know, a year ago when the pandemic hit, Jordan Devlin uh, stranded internationally. So basically had to kind of just vacate or, or forfeit or... or put on hiatus his cruiserweight title so we have the old sean versus razor unification here alfred and i i'll tell you i my prediction going into this i thought jordan devlin my thought process behind this was devlin was again their original cruiserweight champion now that they have him back they want to get back on the momentum but that did not happen we ended up seeing santos escobar get the win so that tells me santos escobar he's earned a spot that he's impressed in the in the interim yeah, I was so happy to see Santos Escobar win this match. Uh, I thought this was a different type of ladder match. I loved Santos Escobar's psychology, how he approached this ladder match, because uh, he I, there's a lot of what I call dumb guy spots that have to happen in ladder matches where you have to pretend like you're climbing slowly, you get the tightly up to touch it, but there was none of that from Santos Escobar, or very little, because he would move the ladders away from where the belt was to make sure that Jordan Devlin didn't get it. Uh, there were times where he'd be climbing the ladder, he would see Jordan Devlin move, he'd come back down and beat him up to make sure he was out. So it was like he was a defensive player playing defense with this ladder, actually trying to win a ladder match. So maybe they didn't, I mean, they did have some really great spots in this match, So, but maybe it wasn't like uh, Sean versus Razor, which was what the storyline is being compared to. But I absolutely loved how Santos Escobar approached this. It was a breath of fresh air to see. No, that's a great point. And that, because that is an oftentimes kind of like a, if you watch a ladder match with a, a casual, like a friend who's not a, a regular wrestling viewer, they go, why, why, why don't they just run up the ladder right now? It's <laughs> like the video game, just, just press X real fast. You'll be up there and you got yeah. it. Um, you know, th this match did lack a little bit of like, if for, a, for a certain time, you know, there were some cool spots, but at some point it was kind of like, 
All right, well, Devlin's coming back. He's trying to get his title back. But, like, I didn't feel like a ton of heat. It was just uh, – so I was happy to see that we saw jo- Joaquin Wild and Ra- Marlon Mendoza come out and help in, in, in 301 because I felt that kind of, like, gave me the reminder of, oh, yeah, this is who I'm supposed to be booing. This is who I'm supposed to be cheering for. Uh, and also, they did, they did a, a huge spot, um, uh, Devlin, go- coming off of the, 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 the ladder that Escobar ultimately went on, uh, getting thrown off and going through and, and cracking another ladder that was set up in the corner. So uh, pretty one of the more devastating ladder breaks that we've uh, ever seen. And we've, we've seen a couple of them uh, over the years with the Hardys and such. But I thought this was a great way to start it. Again, like I said yesterday on, on night one, how you start these shows is as important as how you end them. And you're absolutely right about this match not having heat. I actually thought that stuck out like a sore thumb. A, because um, it's like it was heel versus heel, essentially. Um, but the fans seemed to really be behind Santos Escobar, who was the bigger heel in this match. Uh, and B, because when the match started, it was like chain wrestling, mat wrestling, hip toss. They're working this match, you know, like it was just like a regular wrestling match, even though you knew they were going to get to the ladder. And a lot of time passed. Uh, enough time passed where I was like, man, so they're really not going to use these ladders until they have to climb them? Are they trying to do something different? But they eventually got to them. But, yeah, I agree. The heat in this match was lacking early, but they really made up for it toward the end. $5 from uh, Alejandro Villarreal. He says, I feel NXT did what the name of the show said. It stand and delivered. Psychology of the both mid-events was just amazing. Uh, yeah, certainly a, a very fitting uh, observation with the with the name, stand and deliver. Uh, Kronoshaw, $2. Santos Escobar yes. saying, I cabron. <laughs> So yeah, when he, he he landed on the ladder or something, he had a <laughs> he took a the nasty bump and he he was uh he was he was in, in some pain and and, and letting letting the uh, Spanish the Spanish that was one of my favorite spots too. I love, I'm, I'm glad they picked up on it and it earned a super chat. <laughs> Me too, because I forgot to write that down, and that's uh, that's a good good catch. Good, you guys are you guys are being good producers here, helping us uh, unpack all of this because there's a lot to a lot to get to. Uh, so he stands tall at the uh, entranceway with uh, the rest of, of the group, and he has a son out there, and he gives a son one of the uh, cruiserweight title belts. So I mean, a feel good moment for if anybody who's a you know, I mean, just a feel good moment just in general. You don't have to be a dad, but I mean. You know, he is the heel. It's kind of like, ah, why, why is he getting to do this? But I guess, you know, I'm not going to rain on the kids' parade. But uh. Yeah, and I mean, he's got his goons out there. He was acting like a heel the whole time. He's such a great heel, too. So to see that, yes, it was heartwarming, but I really hate how, um, you know, when somebody plays such a great heel and you get to see that human moment, it's like, yeah, that's great. But, man, like, <laughs> you're yeah. kind of ruining your gimmick here. Right, right. Uh, Pete Evans, 299. Santos Escobar is the one. Take the strap off. I guess he's saying carrying cross. Uh, I have no problem with that, by the way. Yeah, well, uh, there, there's a lot to talk about with carrying cross and just the, the 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 entire top of the card of NXT. Once we get through this night, we can kind of um, try to fantasy book where we might be headed into the new WWE calendar year, which always resets after Mania. Okay, uh, up next we uh, we got a fun little we got a fun little backstage with MSK. They find out that um, their first uh, number one contenders are going to be Killing Dane and Drake Maverick, who won a match on the pre-show and MSK of course cool with that. They said they fought on the dusty classic. Of course, this is a baby versus baby situation. So no real uh, bashing here. Just a lot of uh, goofy fun. Uh, MSK was asked their predictions by Mackenzie Mitchell for a couple of big matches. And they both simultaneously kept saying the opposite. Uh, so they were not on the same page for that, but they are still on the same page as far as being champions. And we're very happy and look like they're about to go off and smoke. So <laughs> they deserve it. It's yeah. way choice for, um, Killian Dane and Drake Maverick to be the number one contenders. I was thinking that um, Legato Del Fantasma, since they didn't get pinned, maybe. And, I mean, they look so spectacular that I would love to see that match uh, get run back. But uh, whatever. I'd be fine with see uh, Drake and Dane, too. I agree with you. Like I said yesterday, they because uh, because 
MSK had pinned Grizzled Young Veterans. I thought that was just the obvious case for uh, Phantasma. But you know, who's to say? Who's to say we won't get to that here sooner or later? Maybe they just maybe maybe they figured Dane and Drake are a little bit more of a comedy act, so MSK can kind of go through them a little bit, uh, have a, have a couple of nice early wins as champions. Uh, Gary Rush, uh, yeah. both nights were awesome. Also, our RIP DMX. Did he just yeah, pass? Man. Did that he? Sucks. That sucks. Oh wow! Talk about man. finding out live. Oh my god! Well, yeah, what a bummer. Yeah. Jeez. Shit. Great yeah. rapper. Hell of a rapper. I mean, hell of a musician. Hell of a guy. It sucks, man. One of my personal favorites. Period. Yeah, Stevie, five dollars. RIP to DMX. He just passed away. Wow. Um, that is. All right, well, that just kind of brought the mood down here for a minute. Uh, well, rest in peace to to him and his family. That's yeah, R.I.P. Okay. Um, well, thank you guys for letting us know. Uh, please don't please don't pay any more money to to tell us that. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, let's go into the uh, NXT Women's Tag Team Title matches. We have the way Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. Uh, they're going up against Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Um, this match, uh, you know, not a bad match. Uh, Pretty much what stole the conversation is uh, Shotzi doing the tope suicide dive and basically just 710 splitting in between Indy and Candice. Uh, just front flips and, and into the barricade, into the plexiglass is okay by all, by all signs. She kept got back up and kept moving, but it was scary. Uh, even, after, even after showing the replay, when I already see that she has gotten up, even when they showed the replay, it was just... And this is not the first one, Alfred. This is like... <laughs> This is not the second one. This is not the third one. This is not the fourth one. Uh, we there. Uh, Shotzi is one of my personal favorites on NXT, man or woman, uh, and I don't want to see her doing these topes anymore. I mean, the fact that she's gotten lucky a couple times is like a one in a million things. The fact that she's had this many close calls without suffering a serious injury uh, is a miracle. And I, I don't know what it is, if it's her body control or whatnot, but we've had a lot of these moments where she's that close to breaking her neck and. If she keeps doing this without um, addressing these problems that she has with her body control, obviously, uh, something bad's going to happen. And I just don't like my heart is always in my throat when she does these dives. And half the time she justifies it by almost killing herself. Yeah, I cringe on her dives almost as much, maybe even more to when Big E does that spot where he does this when the opponent is standing on the apron and he spears them and he takes himself out with them. And I'm just like, dude, you're just one wrong just shifted the body weight away from just spiking your head into the ground. And, and I mean, it, like when he does it, it looks cool. It looks brutal. And once he survived it, I'm like, Oh, that was an amazing. But every time he does it, I just tense up. Uh, I'm sure. And I'm sure he's going to do it at WrestleMania. He's got a big singles match. I'm sure yeah. it's going to happen. And the Nigerian drum fight. We'll which, do it what, drum. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we'll get to our mania picks before the night's out here. Since Alfred and I will be doing mania night one. I don't know what a Nigerian drum fight is. I don't know if you, you me neither. Okay. I still don't know what a Nigerian drum fight is. I didn't know. I see. I didn't know if you had like a, a rule book for me or something. No, no. <laughs> I'll try to find out. But yeah, we're all in the dark with this Nigerian drum fight. <laughs> all right. Well, good. Good to know. Um, so back to the tag match. Uh, Hartwell and Shotzi. Uh, they're going back and forth. Uh, Shotzi with an Enziguri. Uh, Ember Moon tags and she goes to the top. Uh, hits the double eclipse with it. But just before she does that, Shotzi tags herself back in. So Ember hits the double eclipse, which I think is probably the best finisher there is right now. Um, even though. Yeah, it's probably one of the best finishers. Shotzi, she's legal. She goes up to the top, hits the flying senton on Hartwell, and that's the victory for Shotzi, Blackheart, and Ember Moon. Again, a fun match. I mean, probably if I had to say out of the, I think, five matches on tonight's card, this is probably the the least, but that's not to be a, a, a rip on it. Just if you had to, if you have to 
pick something out of the five to be the lowest, this is the lowest for me in terms of interest or magnitude. Yeah, especially last night. I, I just thought what made last night's show so great is that every match had a tough act to follow. Like by the end of every match, I was like, man, how are they going to follow that? And they did with every single match followed the one before it. And this is the first time between these two shows that that did not happen, that you can see a noticeable dip between the first and the second match. Yeah, I agree. Uh, going back to that opener, Terry Allen Jr., $5.01 saying Santos hesitating, in my opinion, to grab the belts. The landing maybe wasn't what was supposed to be the outcome. So I did notice. So. So, yeah, so Devlin goes off and, and, and crash lands into the other ladder. Pretty brutal. Santos did hesitate. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if he, if he was looking at the wealth being. I don't know if he was trying to, like, really soak in. He knows he knows the camera's going to be on him now, so he's selling what he just had to do to this man. Or if it might have been just something literally as simple as he was a little uncomfortable, balanced up that high because he didn't – He was. He, I think he was supposed to go another rung higher because normally they have it now where these belts hang on this – this, this WWE gold truss, and you just unhook the truss, and now you have the belts. Because then they started doing this years ago because guys would try to grab the belts, and they flimble and flomble, and the belt would fall, and it'd kill the whole finish. So, like, he undid both belts, and, I, and then even trying to uh, pose with the hard camera, Alfred, I don't know if you caught it, like, he was kind of a little unsteady. Yeah. So I actually think it was more of him just trying to make sure he didn't blow his big finish by falling off the ladder himself, honestly. Be careful. Yeah, I felt like there was going to be more to the match just based on how he was hesitating toward the end. So I did feel like that was kind of awkward. Yeah, but uh, glad that other people were catching these observations. So, yeah, so the opening two matches, again, uh, you know, hot start, you know, a, a fine follow-up. Um, so we get some uh, backstage shots of Balor and Cross. They're, of course, preparing. Uh, we get a little recap of uh, Bronson Reed, how he got to be. Uh, the uh, number one contender for this North American title match. We also see NCAA standout wrestler uh, Danny Hodge, uh, award recipient Gable Stevenson. He's at ringside. He's getting the the plug. He's got Stephanie McMahon next to him. Uh, again, they're again giving the fun facts about him. So uh, we've seen NXT do this. This is kind of part of their um, part of their presentation for takeovers as new signees. They like to show them in the crowd. We've seen it with Riddle. We've seen it with a lot of guys, Keith Lee. So uh, obviously highlighting Gable Stevenson, somebody big they have in their future. I don't know where he is in his timeline, though, Alfred. I mean, he he's pretty fresh off the NCAA yes. amateur wrestling scene, so I think he's. I mean, I think he's got a little bit of more uh, training time to do versus some of the other signees they put in these crowd situations who are ready to debut. You know, the next month. Right. He's definitely not at that place. He's very very young, uh, but he might be the best amateur wrestler in, in the whole world. I mean, he's phenomenal athlete with a good personality. So I'm very excited about him. Uh, there's Kurt Angle type of bona fides in terms of a guy who's that good of an athlete with a good personality. If you follow him on Twitter, he's a pretty funny guy, very entertaining. Uh, and I think uh, he's got a big future in terms of just his accolades, the fact that they're high on him. Uh, we'll see how he takes to the actual wrestling of it because Kurt Angle, I think, took to it faster than anybody in history. So that's not a fair comparison from that standpoint. But I'm really excited that they locked him down because he could have been going to UFC. There were some UFC unit rumors just based on how dominant of a wrestler he is. Oh wow! Well, he had some he had some serious size. He looked just standing there. He looked, uh, you know, he's got the size. You know, I, th- I think I remember hearing Angle recently on his new podcast saying something to where like they had had a pitch at one point for Angle to I think manage Matt Riddle. Uh, I could certainly, I mean, I could certainly buy in if you still have Kurt Angle in your in your family in your universe that uh, you know saddling him with you know a him of twenty years later um, yeah. would be would be something of, of note. Uh, I got a super chat here, Kelvin Alexander, five dollars. Thank you, Kelvin. Says Gable Stevens just made the U.S. Olympic team. All right, so yeah, so this this yeah. kind of feels this this feels like Kurt Angle, Mark Henry. You know, they're they're getting in early, or not maybe not early, but they're getting in on the right time of uh, uh, of an athlete who can who can make a lot of noise and bring a lot of credibility and attention to 
uh, to their brand and they can really do something with. So that's that's good information. There. Thank you, Kelvin. All right, so we do get the North American title match, Bronson Reed versus Johnny Gargano. And uh, again, this match had a lot going on. And I mean, in terms of this match went longer than I expected. Um, you know, it did have shades of what Matt said to us yesterday that this would be of Johnny, you know, doing a lot of bumping, which that was definitely the first part of it. He was doing a lot of bumping, uh, flopping around for for Bronson. But, uh, you know, Bronson Reed, you know, they were halfway through the match. He kicks out at a one count. Um, ultimately, you know, Bronson goes for a moonsault, which he misses. Johnny has outside help and aid from Austin Theory. Johnny had to hit two of his one final beat finishes to finally get the pinfall on Bronson Reed. So, I mean, this, you know, in my mind, Alfred, Johnny Gargano retains, which is the right move, but he did everything he could while still retaining to elevate Bronson Reed. I mean, that, this, I was a fan of Bronson going into this, but I truly felt like he came out on like the next level. A hundred percent. I mean, so much so that I thought the wrong man won actually. Like I really don't oh, wow. have that much of a problem with Johnny Gargano winning, but I thought Bronson Reed was so great in this match that I'm just like, this is his night. Like th- this is the guy who should win. And what I loved about this match is we were talking about it last night about how they were going to kind of make this work with the little guy and a big baby face. And I think the direction they went was so perfect because he really worked over his midsection. And last night's match, Bronson Reed took that ugly bump on the apron followed by a 450 splash. So it makes complete sense that his ribs, not only his ribs, but his back also would be hurt. So the fact that Johnny Gargano targeted that and that's how they had him sell and they kind of talked up the fact that he wasn't going to be 100%, I thought was great storytelling. For me, this was actually the match of the night because just how much I got into it. But it's also, you know, this match, this card was so loaded. There are so many great matches that had that um, claim to match of the night that, you know, that might be a controversial take. Uh, But I really love this match. I just thought these two worked so perfectly together. And I think that, you know, in a main event capacity, getting that Johnny takeover match with Bronson Reed chasing that title, and if Bronson Reed wins in a main event, we might be talking about the match of the year. Sure, um, and and thank you for bringing that up. That's right. He is selling the midsection a lot. That was one thing I did I did notice. Though. He he's the first half of the match in commentary did a great point, a uh, great part in um in, in narrating and, and and making sure you followed along with this. I did think that as as the pace picked up. And the and the spots it really started picking up, and the falsies. I did. Remember, I did remember at one point saying to myself, "All right, Bronson, I haven't seen you clutch your midsection in a couple moves, and you've been throwing Johnny around." So he, I, I almost maybe that's just a, again a younger performer, and this is again us being nitpicky. But I did feel like he started getting wrapped up and trying to hear the spots or remember the spots or however they called the match, and then he started forgetting to like sure, still got to yeah. sell. But again, that this is nitpicky stuff, and I guess we got to find nitpicky stuff because so much of the show is so damn gleaming positive. Yeah, and he also um, had a, a spot. He did drop Johnny while they were on the top, like doing a Hurricane Rana type transition. That I think that was a mistake. Um, is that when he went into the cartwheel? That was before that. No, it was after that. It was. Um, okay. I think yes, he just dropped him. And he I just jumped on him. It was pretty awkward. And then he had to pick him back up and do a power bomb. So I mean, this wasn't a perfect match by any means, but just in terms of getting me invested in like. And the spots that they were doing, just the, it's so crazy how high Bronson Reed can get in the air for how big he is. Like, I've never seen, especially that moonsault. Usually when big guys do a moonsault, you have to kind of grade it on a curve because it can only get so high. He literally jumped in the air and did a moonsault as big as he is. And I thought it was just phenomenal. No, I agree. I mean, like, I, I know we had this debate last night with Matt, and he's not here to further defend himself. Uh, he didn't quite, he doesn't quite get Bronson, but... Again, right, guys of that size to move like that, and I and I know he's a fan of Bam and Bigelow. I think they've cited it on commentary. Mm-hmm. I said it, yeah, in the cartwheel, right, and like that that hits home to me because like when I was a, when I was a, like when I was a kid growing up, and I got to uh, and my grandfather was working as, as a promoter and such in Maryland. One of the guys who was around a couple shows that I got to get the know was was Bam and Bigelow. So I can I have just a fond memory as a kid of seeing this big guy larger in life, tattooed on bald head, and then being 
up close and watching him do some of the stuff I've seen on TV, but being up close as a kid and watching, whether it be in rehearsals or, or watching the actual match, I've always just had a certain uh, affinity and appreciation for the late Bam Bam Bigelow. So then to see somebody who has that same athleticism, but maybe even more so, and is even bigger in terms of how he's built it wider, you know, than Bam Bam. I just, I, I yeah, Bronson Reed is just so impressive to me. So yeah. uh, overall, a lot was accomplished here. I'm really looking forward to next Tuesday to see where Bronson Reed goes next. Does he get to continue to chase Johnny Gargano or what they do? But um, uh, definitely a match uh, worth checking out. Michael Sachs Jr. two dollars. He goes, how how far away is Parker? Boudreaux. So yeah, talking about in the in the world of uh, prospects coming up, Parker Boudreaux, he's the uh, NCAA Division One football player who was playing, I think, for Central Florida or South Florida, and he just oh, up and said, he said, I'm up and done. He, I mean, he could have they, they talked to the head. He could have gone to the NFL if he wanted to, but he decided to choose for wrestling. So I think he has been training a lo- longer than um, Stevenson has, and I, it seems like he is a little bit closer and he's, he's got he's got he's got the i mean everybody calls him brock lesnar jr <laughs> yeah and for that reason i think they might even if he's not ready they might rush him that might be a little bit of a rush job i don't think it's going to be anytime soon but i think it's definitely going to be sooner than gable and it'll be one of those things where like you said every time you see him he's compared to brock lesnar so they're just going to see these grand designs of potential and i hope they don't rush him too quickly but he does look like a guy who's very impressive yeah i hope we don't try i mean it's fun to like oh he looks like brock he's brock jr but like Let's not like saddle, you know, we saddled Paul, WCW saddled Paul White to be Andre's son. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's not do that. Let's, let's just, um, let's just let him be. Like, if people can draw their own comparisons to the look, but let's let him be his own person. Yeah. Um, okay. So now we get into the first of the two uh, main event matches uh, as they, as they build a co-main event here. And the first one being the NXT title match champion, Finn Balor going up against Karrion Cross. So we'll try to, Set the scene here, just the, the things that happen here. We have, uh, they show the backstage, as I always love, the doom, 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 doom. Cross's backstage and warm-ups constantly stay in the black and white. Uh, he gets his entrance with Scarlet. Uh, I'm going to pause here with Finn's entrance, Alfred. They did this thing where they had, you know, they had the LED boards around the Capitol yeah. Wrestling Center, and they're showing, they have this dramatic music. They're showing these pictures of Finn. Then they show a demon photo, and then we cut back to Finn. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, like, am I, was I being presumptuous in the way they did that? It was kind of like, like, are we supposed to? Are we, we're, I'm like, I started expecting the demon here. Listen, man, I'm a grown man. I've been watching wrestling my whole life. My heart sink. I, I was, I literally did a gasp, like, oh my God, the demon's coming. Because it would have been so perfect. They showed Finn walking in the back. Yes. So I thought that might have been pre taped and they're all swerving us. I mean, he commented on it earlier in an interview about whether or not he's going to do it. So when they showed that demon, which was a final image, which is right there in the center, I'm, I assumed that we were getting the demon. And when we didn't, it took me out of the match before it even began. Like, I, I, I love the match. Though, you know, we don't, maybe getting ahead of myself. But it took me out of the match that he wasn't the demon, that they did that whole grand shebang, and regular Finn Balor comes out. I did not like that. Yeah, it, it okay. Because uh, I thought the same thing. I was like, yeah, we see Finn walking. We get the dramatic pictures. And then let's cut to the back, and all of a sudden, you know, just a lift of a head, and then there's the face paint. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's transformed instantaneously. Okay, I'm I, I'm glad I, I wanted to bring it up, but I thought maybe I'm going out on a limb and I was not at all. And you know, I tweeted about it and it got all kinds of support. So a lot of people I'm sure felt that way. I don't know why they would show the demon the way they did. I don't know why they show him, period, but the way they presented that demon made it seem like here comes the demon. Like that's exactly what they were telegraphing that entrance. Okay. Well, there's a lot of other good stuff to talk about. Uh so we'll get to uh Nathaniel Cook, two ninety nine, Johnny G is money, cross first Johnny G, book it. Well, we'll see. We'll talk about what we could 
have coming up. Uh, Chris P uh, getting ahead of us. Cole at the crossroads. He's been in NXT too long. Again, yeah, we'll, we uh, Adam Cole, what is his future? Uh, we'll get to that here as that's the next match on, on tap here. But all right, so we get Cross comes out. Baylor comes out. They give us the main event entrances. I love the ring announcer. I don't remember her name, unfortunately, for, for NXT, but she's got great gusto. Yeah. Does a great job. Um, so this here, again, we talked about earlier, commentary, Alfred. They did, a, again, a, a, a Barrett and, and Vic and Beth, they did a great job. Some some would say it's, okay, you're stating too much of the obvious, but I disagree. I, I think sometimes you just need to lay this stuff out, and they just kept pointing out. Finn Balor, he's he's trying to lock up. He's putting Cross in these chin locks, and he's laughing at him. He's slapping at him. And they're setting the tone saying, look, Balor said it. He's going to take the opponents to deep water. He is going to wear them out. He is going to blow them up. He'll wear them down on, on chin locks and get it to the point to where they're just gasping for air. And, and this continues to happen, and then Cross will explode and come back, but then Balor comes back at it. Ultimately, this match, Alfred, ended up being, I don't know the official time, but I mean, this ended up being much longer than I thought it was going to be because as I saw that it's not going to end the night, my thought was, okay, Cross is going to maybe borderline squash Finn here. Far from it. And even to a point to where they had me almost thinking, maybe Finn is going to win this. When he countered, hit the coup de gras, um, they he kept working. He's getting liver shots at Cross. And uh, this is the most we've ever seen Carrying Cross sell. Going into this match, mind you, they noted on the, on the, award, on the uh, graphic here, Carrying Cross is 12-0 in singles matches, has not lost yet in NXT. Finn Balor's 12-1 at takeovers. Uh, so this is really a great kind of, you know, yeah. a, a great boxing situation of the main event here. I mean, what did you think of Cross is selling first off? Because I never thought I'd see Karrion Cross sell like this in NXT, but he did. And I was like, wow, like Finn Balor, badass here. Right. Yeah. No, I didn't like how much he sold, but what I loved is the, the fact that he got the Terminator treatment. That's what the key was, is that he would sell something, would happen like the liver shots you were talking about, and then he would come back and they would just say on commentary, what is it going to take for this guy to, to be put down? And he kicked out of the crew to Gross, which nobody does. And I just thought both guys were so phenomenal in having a war, just a violent, brutal wrestling match, which was exactly what it needed to be. The storytelling, you're absolutely right, was great, uh, especially with them tying in the fact that Finn Balor cut a promo. And I forgot about this promo because so much happens. We have to cover these two shows on one night that he did cut in a promo saying that I'm going to make you emotionally, you know, get so wrapped up that you emotionally lose your head and you lose this match. And that's what was behind him slapping him in the face and laughing at him and stuff like that. But once this match really got going, my only uh, complaint about this match was that when um, Karrion Cross was just uh, grounding and pounding Finn Balor and his face down, I think that would have been a phenomenal finish. That would, if th that match was a finish for me, it would have been one of my favorite matches of the year. Because I just thought it was it's something you don't see in WWE. It's something you don't see in NXT. And it looked so violent for Finn Balor to just go limp and carry and cross to, to replicate that ground and pound. I love that. No, and I'm I with just thought they did a good job making this match violent. No, I'm absolutely with you. Because that was right, that was not too long after where they had me hooked, where I thought, okay, Cross was gearing up for his forearms. He did the TikTok motion. He went to do it. Then uh Balor hits him with the, the inverse kick. And then ends up going into the coup de gras. Like, oh my god, this is it. They're actually going to do this. Like, Finn's going to retain. And then no. And then when when Scarlet's screaming across and he snaps and he starts doing, yeah, I thought ground and pound a ref kind of an MMA finish here. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I you know, that I could have certainly uh, been okay with that. Uh, Justin Lopez, four ninety nine, saying yeah, same thing. Finn looks strong as hell in this match, though. Never seen Cross sell so much in a match during his NXT run. So yeah, so we get to the final uh, the, the final uh, sequence here. And um, cross charges, keeps hitting forearms on, on, on Baylor, who's trying to survive, ultimately gets the pin. So, again, you know, maybe, maybe it could have been stopped a few minutes earlier. 
again, X's, X's and O's can be uh, debated upon. But Karrion Cross is your winner. NXT champion now wins back the title that he never officially lost, had to vacate an injury. And Alfred, I'm going to make uh, first off, this was this was the only option in my mind. If if Karrion Cross was if, if Karrion Cross was going to be on NXT next week, this was the only option. The only way you have a Karrion Cross not win this is unless Vince has said over here, and and so this had to happen. Yeah, I mean, Finn's had it for long enough. He's been a great, you know, elder statesman of NXT, the guy coming back, winning the title, and just having it for a long time. But now it feels like really the beginning of a new era uh, in terms of NXT. And I just want to see Karrion Cross be a dominant champion. I wouldn't mind seeing a couple of squash matches. I know he's a champion, and we expect these world title main events to go a long time. I wouldn't mind seeing a squash match here and there where just Karrion Cross destroys uh, one guy after another. Um, I really think this guy's presentation is so good that – I mean, he can sell. Like, it, he's a very good sell. He's very good at convincing you that he's in pain, and it's a good part of his game that he has, and it's important. But I don't think he should be doing it that much, and no. I wouldn't mind seeing him be dominant as a world champion because there's money in that. Yeah, I, I hate to use Goldberg comparisons because I think he's far more legitimate uh, and um, and bought into the business than Goldberg ever was, but we don't have many undefeated streaks to cite. But, yeah, I'm the same way. I think the next few challengers can be people who, again, who have who have some good win loss records, so to speak. I know it's not AEW, but yeah, I, I don't think I, I think you save few and far between that carrying cross is taken to that kind of limit. I think it's good. You know, Finn's a guy who he's a former Universal Champion. He's you know he's he's a, he's an established guy despite the lack of the, despite the ebbs and flows. But this has to be few and far between. You can't have carrying cross being taken to the limit uh, every every take or not takeover, but every you know every NXT. Uh, premium show. Tina Miller, two dollars. Cross has had to kill the prince before the Demon King, so she's suggesting this is not over. Uh, I mean, look, yeah, I mean, if if you're gonna make any case for Finn to have any more matches against Cross, he'd have to transform, right? I mean, that's yeah. And if he transformed and Cross beat the Demon, that's huge. I mean, he already kicked out of the Cutting Ross, so you know, I don't want to see the Demon lose. But if he lost to Carrying Cross, and it's you know for the greater good, I'd have no problem with that. I'll make a bold claim here, Alfred. Tell me how how nuts this is. I'm gonna say. Barring injury, Karrion Cross will be the NXT World Champion until he's no longer in NXT. Wow, I, I can't, I can't envision a, a situation for him to like. You know, John, Johnny's become Johnny Takeover, Johnny NXT, and he might make his career there. And as long as he's financially happy and I'm, and whatever, uh, that might be fine. I can't see Cross carrying this for four or six months, dropping it, and then doing something else or just like, I, I feel like he is the champion in NXT until raw or SmackDown says you're here. And I don't even know if he drops it necessarily. I could, I could see out of the, out of this, out of the guidance of protecting him. I could see like an Oscar situation where yeah. he never even loses it. Yeah. I was going to just bring that up. Like Oscar never dropped her title and she walked onto the main roster and I thought she was a great big star. Uh, she didn't let up. I mean, yeah, we had a couple of hiccups with Oscar and they beat her at WrestleMania 34, which I still haven't gotten over. But Asuka is one of the biggest stars in WWE right now, and it all started with that big win streak that they protected on the main roster, so she was always had credibility. Yeah. Um, $5 Super Chat from Ethan Kaufman. Uh, this crowd seemed less energized from last night. Walter Champa match of TakeOver and possibly the weekend. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. The crowd sounded fine. I mean, again, I'm just happy to hear any bit of a crowd. Uh, I, it's very possible these are pretty much everybody that was there the night before, so maybe they are a little exhausted essentially but um again i'm just happy to just again to have have not piped 
piped in real sound. people. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, but real quick, before we move off across, because we're making good time here, uh, uh, I mean, what, what would you realistically see next? I mean, do you, I mean, Johnny Gargano is also a champion. So, and Cross is still, it, where's Cross? Wh- whose side of the fence? Is he on the heel side? Is he on the baby face side? Where is he? I like for him to be a heel, and I think Kyle O'Reilly should be next. And honestly, I don't think they should wait too long. This is a story you can tell within the next couple of weeks. You have a TV main event between Kyle O'Reilly and Karrion Cross, And Karrion Cross can destroy Kyle O'Reilly under the guise that he just went through this huge war, almost killed himself against his uh, former best friend. And, you know, maybe he's not 100%, but if they turned that around and did Kyle O'Reilly, who came off this show with a big win in the main event, uh, I think that might be the direction they go. Very, uh, very interesting pick. All right, well, that's gonna we'll get to Colorado here in just a second. Stella Justin Lopez, four ninety nine. Just have him be a surprise draft pick, draft pick during the draft, and that's how we can accomplish that. I, I don't want to see Karen Cross involved in any. We, we we saw a draft last fall, and the amount of people that were drafted that we have not that we did not. You know, Andrade, who's now gone, Alistair Black, we haven't seen. I mean, um, Nikki Cross. I mean, the the, the draft is not. That that's that's not the answer to this. I mean, if, when Karrion Cross's time comes, it, the draft should be no way the entryway for him. Uh, yeah, that's too regular for a guy like him who's kind of just just kind of like the supernatural force and has got this right. grand entrance. You don't want to see some technical transaction that brought him over to Raw or SmackDown. Right. I don't want to see the black and white of him and Scarlett uh, like I did tonight of him warming up with the punching bag and then all of a sudden – uh, the record scratch. The black and white goes to color, and he, and walks Adam Pierce going. You've been drafted to SmackDown, pal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like everything they do with him is meant to be different from everybody else. So to to draft him like he's one of everybody else would uh, come uh, start off on the wrong foot. Yeah. Very much so. Um, all right. So uh, one of two main events done here. Uh, we get another vignette for the Frankie Monet, uh, who again we talked about last night. We believe to be Ty Valkyrie, who will. Uh, she will uh, we see you uh, see you next Tuesday. Uh, coming up here as NXT makes its USA debut on Tuesday nights. All right, so we get into the unsanctioned match between Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. Lot to unpack here again. Alfred and I trying to try to not make this so much of a rundown, but just trying to make sure we touch on the highlights here. They do give us a video package prior, which Alfred, I don't know about you, but it screamed like just movie trailer. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought it was a good package. I was a little kind of thrown off by the connection they made. Like, you're just like me. You had a shoulder injury while you were a champion. I have a shoulder injury. It's like, that's not how I want a main event world title match between these two, you know, brutal warriors uh, being built up. Oh, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, I'm sorry. I was talking about uh, Finn and um, Karrion Cross. But this uh, movie trailer was actually really good um, between uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. It wasn't as good as that Prime Target special they did um, on NXT uh, a couple weeks back, but I thought it got me excited for this match, and they did a good job telling their story. So let me w- walk through some some elements of the visuals to, uh, of what we do here. Again, we get the backstage all day. They show them showing up earlier in the day. They show them training all day. Each man is flanked by their own security guards. Uh, and those security guards stay with them to the, to the walk-up. Those security guards and joint come out and stand each side of the ramp. Those security guards come in and cut the ring in half. All of it I like. You know, it sells that these two men, they 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 were fighting in a in a dojo a few weeks ago, you know, Adam Cole. So yeah, I like the fact that they cannot be uh, no no eyes can be left uh, uh you know not on them and, and let them come in contact. I like so I like the security. I like the movie trailer. I like the referee. It's an unsanctioned match. He's not in his referee stripes, he's just wearing yeah. a black shirt. Nice touch. I like the ropes were changed to all black. NXT TakeOver had white ropes all night and the night before. They changed the ropes to black. I like that. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I like the I, I like the, the attention to detail. I hated Adam Cole's music. Yes. 
they they the, the, the music that has and I, and I get it. I know that the people out there they're 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 it's the undisputed era music. He's not no 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 no. The leader of the group gets to take the music when he goes solo. Roman Reigns has the Shield music. Whoever was leading DX gonna have the DX music. DX music for a little bit. Yeah. There's plenty of other examples. That's Adam Cole. Adam Adam Cole was the undisputed era. He gets the music. Everything is time with the boom and the Adam Cole baby. I mean, it had. Uh, it, 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 why would you strip that of him? Yeah. And, uh, and The Rock had Nation of Domination music his whole career. They switched it up and stuff like that, but that's the Nation of Domination's music. Like, when you have iconic all-time music um, and you, you're going to make the decision, the bold decision to switch it up, like, whatever comes next has to follow it. And I don't think I ever remember any time where it successfully did. And his new generic theme music with no words to it and just this it stuck out so much that it's like, this is not the theme music I'm used to with Adam Cole. It doesn't have the boom anymore. It doesn't have any of the cues that people like playing along with. And it was so deflating to see him come out to such generic theme music when he had one of the best theme songs in all of WWE. And he still did the boom in his entrance, but he had no yeah, cue for it. So it. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, this, that, I try not to get into like, I know people were like hung up when Keith Lee's music got changed when he went to raw. And I, and I, I didn't, I didn't die on that hill. I kind of like let it be, but Adam Cole's I think is just so much part of his personality, his entrance, so it's just the identity. I, I don't know. And let's just start to go. Somebody, let's get Jim Johnston back, please. Yeah, <laughs> Good Lord. it was it was so nice. It's it really was one of the worst theme songs I think I heard all night. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not a fan of Kyle O'Reilly's new theme music, but they're both right down there in terms of new theme songs that are just awful i really hope that there is some kind of doubling back period where they they either choose new theme music for him or just give him back his old theme music because this is awful yeah i mean we're doing this podcast obviously right now so we're not on the triple h call which i presume is going on right at the same time i would be pressing my star one button right now to tell paul ask paul my number one question great show paul great two nights why was there a music change who signed (laughs) off on this please tell me it wasn't you yeah, I'm sure he's getting those questions. And I you know what? To WWE's credit, I mean, they have been known to kind of listen. And, and if there is enough pushback, which I don't know what it's like right now um, on Twitter, but if there's enough pushback against this theme music, which I saw plenty when it first played, uh, they might consider going back to the old theme music. So I'm holding out hope for that. Yeah, I'm going to text Cole and tell him to to you know, do some kind of protest or, or yeah. hold, out, hold out until the music. I will not wrestle <laughs> hold out all right uh so this match goes 30 plus minutes um good lord i mean let's let's, let's try to remember some of the big spots here they uh, they have it they pull out a they pull out a, a big chain which is this is notable earlier on the match they have this big long chain kyle o'reilly's wrapping around his foot he he gets some shots in adam cole's face that's key remember that that's a key thing to remember um they got you know they end up going outside they end up doing a spot where they uh Power bomb Adam Cole on the announce desk, which budges none. The announce desk, which is known to be flimsy of all flimsy and just explode on the the very look uh, at it. It did not budge at all, and he bounced like a basketball off of it. Um, I mean, you know, we, we, we saw all kinds of just brutality with the chairs. There was chairs that had the Undisputed Era logo on it, so a lot of sy- uh, symbolism there. Adam Cole hitting them with the TV monitor. Uh, we get to, they go, they fight outside. They're up against the plexiglass. 
They eventually are then in a guillotine. They, they the guillotine. They do. Uh, they do that. They do like kind of a bam bam task spot in the in the metal ramp where they go through and break the metal ramp. Um, God, what else we we get? But we have a set of pliers and coals ready to go, <laughs> go at O'Reilly with the pliers. I mean, this thing was just uh, all kinds of uh, you know neck breakers on chairs and a yeah, kind of chains that they had. Yeah, we're playing up O'Reilly's uh, neck injury and he's not medically cleared. Um, we finally get to, and then and we can then dive into the psychology of everything. Um, we finally get towards the finish where it looks like Adam Adam Cole has it. And, and all, oh, earlier on, even before some of the things I said, Adam Cole hits the Panama City Sunrise. I mean, Kyler Raleigh is dead, limp to the ground, but Adam had knocked out the referee because the referee was getting in his face. So, he, so his own emotion has gotten the better of him. So, you know, Adam Cole, by all accounts, should win this match. Emotions get better of him. It continues to go on. Then we get back, and it looks like he just, again, Adam Adam Cole is just almost killed Kyle O'Reilly, even the commentary saying this is just getting uncomfortable. And Kyle O'Reilly can't even stand up, uh, can't even you know be upright for Cole to hit him with the final knee strikes until finally a little bit of possum, basically, and Kyle O'Reilly starts to reverse, get some submission holds on uh, Cole, and they go back and forth. And uh, what ultimately does it, though, is we will see Kyle O'Reilly get an upper hand. He grabs the chain, once again wraps the chains around his boot, gets up to the top rope, and off the top rope comes down and hits uh, Cole with uh, with a chain-wrapped uh, boot, and that's ultimately what's going to get him to pin. <clears throat> Alfred, I mean, this, is, this was a historic NXT match. Violent. Caps off a hell of a story that these two have had, a storyline. But I have to say, I was like, why the hell did we use the chain earlier in the match around the boot when that's going to be part of the finish? I thought that that kind of like... Very, and it made the it very repetitive. And I, I mean, the, it made it frustrating of how long this match went if they were going to just kind of go back to it like that um, and kind of expose it a little bit, that you would use it and it doesn't work the first time, then you kind of use it the second time. And I just felt like this was a marathon of a match where I was so into it for a lot of it, especially the early parts when they really started breaking out the weapons and doing all these creative spots. I mean, there's a lot of creative stuff that they did with these weapons, but I think it just got self-indulgent. I, I understand that they needed to have this war. They're telling the story. And this is exactly what I expected, uh, except maybe 10 minutes less. Maybe they could have shaved off a little bit. This match needed editing. I felt like every idea they thought of, they wanted to do, I loved when they went through the um, stage. That was really surprised. Like, I did not expect to see that, and they did it perfectly. Uh, but this match went way too long. I-, I wish it was shorter because then I would have really enjoyed it more. But it went – as soon as I started thinking, okay, they need to kind of wrap this up, I feel like it went 10 minutes longer than that. Um, but having said that, I, I-, I love that Kyle O'Reilly won this match. I love that they really did tell an epic story uh, throughout. I just thought that they could have done it uh, with a little more editing. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm surprised that we did not see an appearance at all by either of the other two undisputed era members. That they did not have any, uh, even if it's if one of them tries to come out and help Cole, and one tries to help O'Reilly, and they say no, or I don't know. I was I was surprised to not see either of them. Uh, I did agree with the time. Again, another question I'd love to ask Triple H right now. I almost wonder because you can make an argument that this. I mean this this match could have happened, but you also could have ended with Cross winning that title, and that would have been, I think, a suffice ending. So I'm curious if Triple H decided to let these guys put this go on last and say, you know, we're on, we don't have the time constraints because we're on the, the the Peacock. So we'll let you go, you know, feel it out. If you feel like you got more in you and you got, if you guys got more, go ahead and we can kind of just feel it out versus go ahead and feel it out. And they go 15 minutes longer than you want. And you got Cross and Balor standing around like Jesus Christ, you know, so I, I, a lot of things like that wonder if they came into play, but. 
what also plays into the story of the match was that it was unsanctioned, so it technically didn't count. Um, all the stuff they did with the ring, the black rope, stuff like that, it's it's kind of like this is the bonus that uh, isn't going to go into the win-loss record. So I like if the – That's and fair. I think the cue they took from AEW because when AEW does these unsanctioned matches, it's presented like, okay, like they're going to wrestle and everything, but this is going to be unsanctioned. It's not going to count toward wins and losses, so we're going to do completely different from apart from the show. So if it would have been an unsanctioned match in the body of the show and then they followed up with another match, that would have been a little weird. So um, I really didn't have as much of a problem with this going on last. I just – the time, man, like – <laughs> that's that, the longest that, match I've ever seen. That's actually a fair. No, that's actually a, that's actually a fair explanation of, of it being if it's unsanctioned. If it's unsanctioned, it would be weird if you go to unsanctioned and then go back to saying it's. So basically, you're saying NXT just pulled off NXT Underground tonight. Uh, absolutely, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. <laughs> I mean, we didn't get a bouncer. Almost is training for his WrestleMania Almost. match, so he couldn't be right. here. <laughs> that's great. Uh, Sean Wiley, five dollars. Colin O'Reilly saved the pay-per-view match on sanction. No blood. That's beyond unrealistic and insane. Peacock must have told WWE no freaking blood on the show. I don't know about that, but I, I I will say, and I think I actually saw Raj, our wonderful Raj Geary, saying something similar. And, I, and it's when you get into this territory, I mean, there is a certain disbelief that, and again, the length comes into it. Like there, there's some things that they try to do to each other, and they're trying to again sell the neck and, and Kyle. Like there's some things after a while. It's like, all right, we just don't need false finishes for that. That just shouldn't be a false finish. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, but. Again, I guess we're nitpicking. Let's just enjoy the the wonderful stuff they gave us. Uh, Nathaniel Cook, four ninety nine. Imagine Drew cutting a dry promo sometimes later this year, and you see, and uh, you see, as the old school clock appear, literally times up for the Drew era. Yeah, I mean, you know, the look. Uh, again, Cross. He, it's there. In my mind, uh, for as long as he can stay in NXT, that's just borrowed time that Triple H gets to have carrying <laughs> Cross because. Um, you know he he's money to be made. You would think uh, if if all things you know if all things uh, remain healthy, I don't see how the presentation of him and Scarlet doesn't hit a home run on Raw or SmackDown. But we shall see. Can uh, okay, the super chats here? Uh, Chris P. It's WrestleMania season, so we all want to know what's up with Alfred's <laughs> date. No updates in two weeks. Fair. Well, you want another update of the date that I had two weeks ago? Uh, Fair. If you want an update on the the young woman who I, I was dating, she is still uh, in my life. She's still very appreciative of how aerodynamic I am. And the <laughs> next time we do a Manscaped ad, I, I will be more than happy to talk about my love life and how Manscaped has just turned this thing around. I, I will tell you, it's funny you asked, Chris Panelaire. I don't know if he got tipped off or something like Somebody stooped me off. But I did just have a manscaping session two days ago, and I'm back to being as aerodynamic as ever. I'm getting a lot better at using these tools. They're just phenomenal. Uh, so, Chris, who are your sources? Who are your sources to know yes. about Alfred's Manscaped? <laughs> Who's stooging you off about my area? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, all right, so to wrap it up here, Adam Cole, he loses. He's getting stretchered out. Kyle O'Reilly stands tall. I mean, I, my guess, it's just a guess here, I don't think you can have, after having the NXT career that Adam Cole's had, I don't think you can have any other farewell match than that. I, I don't see how Adam Cole, even if he goes away for three or four weeks to sell the brutality of this match, he's already been world champion. His group is dissolved. They've had all this. Pr- I mean, I don't see how he comes back in four weeks and he has something else to do. What's he going to do? Chase the North American title? Yeah. I, I just, I, I think that this is, has to be the end of the NXT line for him. And we're at the perfect time for people to debut. Like, you know, WWE is just ongoing, uh, but I consider a new season to be a- 
after WrestleMania. So this next season that they're going into would be perfect for Adam Cole to just slide right in. Uh, I mean, he's done everything in NXT three or four different times. Like he's been there, it yeah. seems like forever. Uh, it, it's really time and him being stretched out in this epic blood feud. Uh, this would be a perfect ending for Adam Cole. I really, if he came back to NXT, it, it would start to feel like, oh my God. So I felt that way the last time he came back. The last time he made a return, I was like, he's still here. What is he doing here? So I, I'm ready to see him move on. Chris says, LOL, the Manscaped Observer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to trademark that. Uh, that's fun. Um, yeah, you know, and, I, and I've seen I've seen some chatter here tonight. I've, of course, I've heard plenty of on social um, of, of people uh, having doubts about how Adam Cole would survive on Raw or SmackDown. Is he big enough? This and that. And, and, and look, every concern from an NXT talent to how they're going to translate on Raw or SmackDown is valid because – We've seen the biggest of the, we've seen the biggest of names on NXT get shoved to the side on Raw or SmackDown. And then we've seen uh, performers like Elias who never got past the mid card in NXT and who have WrestleMania moments with John Cena and Undertaker. Uh, so I mean, the, the, so the formulas are all different of what works in front of the different size crowds and this and that. Um, but I will say, I always I always re- revert back with Adam Cole. He has gotten more so than the average person the endorsement and the under the come sit under my tree for Triple H and Shawn Michaels. And, and I, I know Adam a little bit. He's a huge Shawn Michaels fan. So, like, I think they don't, they don't, that, that tree doesn't get everybody. I, I mean, they, they will tutor everybody in the, in the NXT environment, but he's gotten a special pass. I feel like there's something to that. Shawn was obviously, you know, insanely close with Vince. So, I think there's something to that. And I always look back to when they got stuck over in Saudi and they had to, like, bring NXT guys up to come do some SmackDown or Raw. Uh, Adam Cole was in the main event, I believe, both nights of that Friday and that Monday, and he killed it. And so I just, I have to think things like that don't get forgotten of like, okay, he was forced in a, in a he was forced to be put in this position and he delivered. Like, I just, I, I, I think that helps give some more credibility of uh, he's not going to be chasing for the 24 seven title within a, in a month. He, he, we have plans for him. So I hope maybe I'm being naive, but yeah, well, listen, there's a lot of concern about Adam Cole with his size, just among fans and how they're assessing the situation. And, and maybe I'm kind of being naive by saying this, but I have not one single concern about how he's going to fare on the main roster. Maybe I'm overconfident in him. I just do not see him failing at all. I just think he's different. I think he's the exception of the rule of the people who fail on the uh, main roster from NXT. And I just think it's like you can tell that Shawn Michaels uh, really has a vested interest in this guy. You don't do a stare down with him, which is probably going to lead to nothing. But I think that was just kind of a public endorsement of Shawn Michaels looking at his past self, you know, looking at himself in the mirror in some uh, regards. And just there's this footage of Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole having this great match from, I believe it was NXT New York. And Shawn Michaels and Triple H are watching backstage. Shawn Michaels is just marking the hell out for everything that's happening in this match. This Adam Cole guy is very talented, and I just think he's going to overcome any type of barriers he has on the main roster. And he's not just a guy that were. I mean, he's a guy who, I mean, again, the, the, the boom, the charisma, he's got personality for days. He can talk people in the building. He does not have to, you know, bump ROH style every single night to, to earn his paycheck. And cheap plug, if you want one of the, it's the one of the best things I've ever got to produce that's out there, and you can find it on YouTube, open up a new tab. Search Adam Cole impersonates Stone Cold Steve Austin. Adam Cole was in the studio with me for a chair shot reality in Pittsburgh a couple years ago, and we did kind of like the the name game impersonation where we pulled a name out of the hat and we had to do impersonations of, of wrestlers. And, and one of the best ones he did, it was uh, he pulled the name Stone Cold, and the topic was Stone Cold on a, on a phone bill, <laughs> on a high phone bill. 
And that's just one of many. But, I mean, just go watch that. This guy has got charisma for days. So if, 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 the, if the opportunity is given, if he's not just immediately thrusted into – or not thrust, if he's not immediately de- uh, de- demeaned and, and demoted into 24-7 stuff, I find it hard for him to fail. Uh, final Super Chats here, and then we'll get into a news item, and we'll make some WrestleMania predictions here real quick. Uh, Sean Wiley, $5. My dream match, Killer Cross versus Walter. Last man standing unification. Match number two, Killer Cross. Should be a tweener, anti-hero. Uh, yeah, certainly Cross versus Walter. That is maybe that maybe that is something in the time of while you have Cross in NXT. Uh, maybe that is something you know. SummerSlam weekend is technically that is the t- uh, Takeover Mania for them. SummerSlam weekend is the that's where Takeover started. So maybe that's something they can build to there uh, for a uh, for a big match. Uh, you know, tweener. I hate the word tweener. I, I kind of think there's a fence. You're on one side of the fence or not. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. How, I just. And you're he one doesn't or the have other. to be a tweener. I think he's destined to be just a phenomenal babyface. And it doesn't have to be a tweener thing. It's just a guy killing people gets over. Like a guy who's legitimate, who seems like he's like a real badass. If he just goes in there and just beats the hell out of people, people love it. That's a babyface. I mean, some of the best, most effective babyfaces have been that mold. And I'd have no problem seeing that in the future. Um, he still kind of has to feel out this heel thing. I, I like him as a heel right now, but I, I think his destiny is absolutely as a babyface. Jody Sean Jenkins, Canadian Five. Uh, I've seen a steady stream of solid talents that don't get over on the main roster. Besides the rub from Trips and HBK, why will Cole be different? Well, I, I mean, I think we just went into it. It's, it's I mean, he's got, you know, he's he's got a little bit of pro- proven random audition. He's got the, he's got charisma. I think he also knows how to handle himself, and that's that. And and and, and I say that, I say that like where some of the guys in the past who maybe have like, oh, like I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in catering, I'm not getting this. I think there is that thing we've heard about it about Vince of like where he almost wants to be challenged. I mean, you can't just go in and say, hey, old man, you don't know what you're doing. That's not that. But there, we, we've gotten enough uh, feedback from people that are there that, like, he wants to be challenged. Stand up for yourself. Make yourself heard. Go do something that might have to ask for forgiveness rather than the permission. And I think Adam Cole knows that. I think he might have a little bit of he's going to know how to carry himself to be respectful, but also say, watch this and tell me, tell me that you're not going to use me now. It doesn't help that, I mean, I hope I'm wrong about this, but it doesn't look like he's going to be able to take that theme music to the main roster, which I think would have been a real help to see Vince McMahon witnessing everybody saying boom and, and just kind of uh, freaking out over how good that theme music is. Uh, but I think he's going to even overcome that. And the Adam Cole baby, the thing that he has, that Adam Cole baby, that is a very WWE sports entertainment type uh, gesture and gimmick and once you see a whole crowd full of people saying Adam Cole baby and I think if he's to go on the main roster within the next couple of months he's going to be uh have the benefit of having really really hot crowds because they're going to start to get people back in the building and I think for the first couple of months of having fans back in the building they're going to be hotter than they typically would be and Adam Cole benefiting from that would make him seem like a bigger star in this man's eyes yeah, I mean, you can even go back to some of the takeovers when they were in arenas, you know, and they, they always do the camera where they pan out real fast so you can see the arms go up and see everybody do it. I mean, I don't – honestly, I don't know if we're Raw or SmackDown. I don't know if we're going to get fans back for Raw or SmackDown until probably ap- – maybe after SummerSlam because I think they're in the Thunderdome until SummerSlam, and yeah. it seems kind of like it's hard to do the Thunderdome plus put live people in there. But even even such, like I – again, Adam Cole needs to hold out <laughs> until they give him his music back. He's not walking through the curtain. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't know. All right, so that's uh, that's NXT two nights takeover, stand and deliver, very much did deliver. Uh, again, like I said at the very beginning, I think night one Alfred more consistently here the whole time, but I thought night two the highs were maybe even higher. 
Yeah, no, night two was very. I mean, night one might have been my favorite TV wrestling show um, of the year, and one of the best NXTs ever done. Um, night two was very, very good. I and mean, you know, I, I just I love this show on night two, uh, and, and you know, there were a lot of very good highs, and I I just really thought that they worked their asses off. It seemed like a show that was trying to compete with night one, and they did. They absolutely did compete with night one. Sure, and it should be. Let me actually see if I can pull it over quick enough without delaying this. Uh, so we. You know, we talked about last night, you know, how good we're talking about now. We're talking about last night, how good um, night one was for NXT. And of course, it was going up against uh, AEW for the for the last time on their Wednesday Night War. And uh, they ended up beating AEW in the total viewership. But that those numbers were only based on USA. Uh, that didn't account for whatever else they might have had on Peacock. So I, I couldn't get the numbers fast enough. I don't want to stall. But I thought that was interesting. That's kind of a nice little way for them to go out. Of they, they win in the viewership, and then it's like, oh, yeah, we got more that we just don't even have accounted for and then reported. So. Yeah, yeah, I think it was 768 for NXT, and I think it was like 688 for AEW. AEW didn't do very good numbers. They've been kind of struggling the last couple of weeks. Uh, last right. week they did their worst number in the 18 to 39 or 18 to 49. And then this week uh, was their second worst number of the year. The first time they've dropped below 700,000 um, since the, they competed with the insurrection, you know? So uh, yeah. AEW is kind of going through it right now. For sure. All right. Uh, one news item we want to bring up here before we go to our WrestleMania predictions. Um, Nick Khan, who is a WWE president and chief revenue officer. He was on the Colin Cowherd podcast to promote WrestleMania 37 and uh, he had this to say about uh, Becky Lynch and uh, Ronda Rousey, uh, saying that they – well, he said this about, I think, actually specifically Lynch, saying that she will be coming back at a certain point in time in the not-too-distant future. I believe that also applied as well to uh, Ronda Rousey. So, um, you, know, what the, you know, does that mean, again, night after Mania? Does that mean once we have fans back, uh, what is not-too-distant future? We'll, we'll have to see. But, uh, you know, at least acknowledging that, you know, Becky Lynch, who, of course, has been away since she – uh, got pregnant, uh, had a child, and then Ronda, who has not been around since she lost at the last WrestleMania that was in front of fans uh, two years ago, uh, that they still, of course, are with the company and will. there are plans for them. So something to keep your eye on. You can get more of the quotes in context over on Wrestling Inc. All right. Uh, I, Alfred, that. And I just want to say really quick, like I really hope that they do hold out until fans come back because that's not something I want to see given away in the Thunderdome. Like Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch, those returns are too big for the Thunderdome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, Becky's so you know interactive and you know the whole the man gimmick. I could see them pulling the trigger on her coming back earlier and coming back before that. But yeah, I think you got to wait for Rousey and the fans. I, I think I think Rousey coming out into just the Thunderdome is just there's going to be a miss there, but. We shall see. All right, Alpha and I will be back Saturday night after night one of Mania, so we'll be able to uh, talk and either gloat or have to own up to how uh, correct or incorrect our predictions are. But let's go through here real quick, Alfred, and uh, go through the two nights of WrestleMania, give our predictions. All right, so night one, we got Sasha Banks champion defending against Bianca Belair, of course, uh, very, you know, two over characters. Also, the 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 history we making here of uh, two the first time two you know black females in a, in, a, in a WrestleMania match, a title match, one of the premier matches here. Um, so what, what, where do you, where do you come in on this one? I think this is Bianca Belair. Um, 
I mean, the, the story that they're telling hasn't been the greatest, but uh, Bianca Belair is kind of on a rocket ship right now. She won the Royal Rumble, and Sasha Banks has finally had a proper run where she's been kind of a dominant world champion, and she's gotten some time with the belt. So now's a perfect time to drop it, and I really hope it's Bianca Belair. I mean, it's, it's going to be great to see them wrestle. I think they're going to wrestle a great match that is uh, deserving of a better type of story that they should have been telling, but I think the match will be just fine, and I think Bianca Belair is going to win. Yeah, I agree. It's been a wonky build. They haven't, you know, they've had them lose and do some things that are is not, you know, not normally advised on the road right. to Mania. But I agree. I think Bianca wins, and I also, what's, I also, am going to predict that this is the first match. I'm going to predict this is the first entrances you get to see fans. It's going to be these two girls coming out. So you could argue that's better than the main event. That I would, if, if you know, put myself in the wrestler's shoe, I would rather go on first and be the first match in front of people than go on last either night. I, yeah, no, I, I, I could if they if they follow through with the rumor we've heard of not doing a pre-show match and allowing this to be the first time we see the entranceway lit up and 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 them doing the entrance, I, I, I absolutely agree. This these two girls are the perfect entrances to do it, and that that's that's maybe a bigger honor. I mean, I look put it this way: I think either this match kicks off the show, or Drew versus Lashley kicks off the show. Sure, and and Drew's the first one who gets to come out. Yeah, uh, I, I, and whichever one doesn't start the show ends the show. So if Drew starts the show, I think Sasha and Bianca end it. I mean, I, I think that's just where I think that's I think the book that's where you book end is is on those two. Right. Uh, so speaking of Drew versus uh, Drew challenging, trying to get the title back from Bobby Lashley. Uh, I mean, this has got Drew written all over, right? It, it's it's him to get the moment that he didn't get to have last year in front of fans, right? I mean, it does. I would love to see Bobby retain. I just love what they're doing with him, but I just seeing that they just randomly broke up the Hurt Business, they've got him with Baron Corbin. It just feels like they're trying to get people against Bobby Lashley. So I think this is – and, you know, Drew would deserve it. It's not that I'm against Drew winning. I do feel bad that the guy didn't get his moment, and I think they've done a great job with Drew McIntyre as a babyface. Um, I just hope we get a really good match. And, um, listen, there is some uncertainty as to who would win this match uh, for me. So that, I think, is going to help uh, this match. Um, they've done a good job for the most part. I think they're, they've gone a little too long or had a little too much time with this feud uh, because they broke up the Hurt Business. But, yeah, I, I do think that Drew McIntyre is going to win, unfortunately. I think Drew's going to win. And, but, I mean, I get what you're saying about Bobby. I, had they not broken up the Hurt Business, you know, you could have – you could have convinced me that like Bobby's got more of a chance here that maybe, maybe Bobby carrying around that championship and the way he's being held and maybe, you know, maybe Vince looks and goes, yeah, this, this is, this is where Bobby Lashley should be. He's our champion. But the fact that he did decide just to cut the hurt business like he did, uh, man, and, and reportedly MVP and such people were fighting him on this. Like, what are you doing? And he did and he just dug his heels in. I mean, that to me says like, he's got his mind made up. That title's coming off of you, pal. And then <laughs> what's yeah. after that? Yeah, I mean, as recently as three weeks ago, I mean, before they hurt, broke up the Hurt Business, certainly I thought there's no way Bobby should lose this match. There's no way I see him losing this match, but I definitely see it now. Yeah, for sure. All right, we go uh, another women's match here. We got uh, Tag Team Turmoil, Lana, Naomi versus Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose versus the Riot Squad versus Natalia and Tamina, the gimmick here. Whoever wins gets to have a match on night two against uh, Nia and uh, Shayna. So who out of these four teams do you see getting to have a second Mania payday? I mean, I've been hearing rumblings of Bailey and Charlotte might get together and they might Ooh. find a way to swerve us because, I mean, they're the only two who don't have anything advertised. I can't see Bailey not being part of WrestleMania, and they're really kind of keeping it hush-hush. But if I have to choose between those four, I would say Carmella and um, Billy Kay because it's so new and I could see something happening with Reginald, which they haven't paid off. Uh, but um, you know what? I'm just going to yeah, I'm, I'm gonna stick with uh, Bailey and Charlotte. I think we get a swerve. 
Well, mind you, we're making these predictions right now on a Thursday night. So maybe tomorrow on SmackDown, Charlotte shows up and oh, inserts sure. herself. And they, so <laughs> who knows? I, I I don't know where to go here. I'm I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Lana and Naomi just because like Lana's had this long standing thing with Nia and Shane. I just feel like that that's maybe that's like a layup there. Uh, plus we're in you know they're in Florida. Naomi's from the area. Lana's got history. And you know she went to Florida State. I don't know. I'm trying sure. to find trying to find connections. Um. All right, we got uh, New Day, Kofi and Xavier Woods uh, up against AJ Styles and Omos. So this will be the the first, at least the first TV match for Omos. I know I, he might have done some NXT Florida He's house shows, stuff, but not on TV. So I mean, what a <laughs> good lord! What a first stage. We're bringing the fans back, and you're, <laughs> you know, you're the big some bitch that's got to go. You know, that's, that's got to go on a mania. I mean, I, I got to think this is AJ and almost winning. I don't see them losing. And I got to think this is almost gets the pin, right? Yeah, it has to be AJ and almost. I'm very excited to see almost his debut because I think they've done a good job with him uh, as a television character up until the whole mob thing. I don't like the mob giant thing, but I do like almost. He's very impressive to look at. I mean, I think I was talking to you guys about this. I got, I was watching a lot of wrestling over the holidays and we were watching TLC and I was watching with my family. They were just there. And, and they, he's the one guy where they just stopped and they're just like, who in the world is that guy? And I'm just very excited for almost. I think, uh, you know, maybe he's green and whatnot, but he's with one of the best wrestlers who've ever done it. And I think AJ and almost are going to be very fun as tag team champions, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's the, the, the last guy to be as legitimately tall as him is a mix between the great Kali and giant Gonzalez. Yeah. But neither, but like you said, neither of them got to, got to sit next to AJ Styles every night. Actually, the one thing that probably hurts almost is just the situation of, he gets to see AJ every week at TV and, and AJ doing his thing. If we were in a normal circumstance where he was on the road and AJ was doing house shows two or three nights a week and almost really got to watch the same match every night and got to really pick pick the brain and not just see a TV match where they're more on TV time cues, mm-hmm. I think that would help him even more. So I'll be, you know, I'm sure he's doing performance center stuff, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, this has to be uh, all about almost at the end of the day and, and, and crowning him as a new big deal here. Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. I oh man, this is kind of a tough one. I I see Seth Rollins winning. Um, I do see him getting spun a bunch because that's what this has been built around. So they'll probably do like maybe he'll do a record do thirty times around whatever the record is. But I do see Cesaro winning this match. You see Cesaro winning. No, no, no. I'm sorry, Seth Rollins winning this match. Seth Rollins. I, I agree. I, I'd love to see Cesaro win, but I don't yeah, think yeah, that's yeah, gonna I happen. Seth Rollins. Okay, and uh, we got Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon steel cage match. Um, God, Braun Strowman. Let's just go with Braun Strowman. I mean, he should win this match. I know there's going to be a lot of outside interference or whatnot. This has just been a nightmare of a feud. Uh, I'll go with Braun Strowman. Why not? I, I love Shane and I love Braun, but I am so, I mean, I'm so disinterested in this. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Braun. It should be Braun, Yeah, I guess. Uh, all right, and finally. The Miz and John Morrison against Damian Priest and Bad Bunny. I'm act- I'm looking. I'm more looking forward to this match, both because of my boy Damian Priest being the match and you know, getting a Mania match, and because I w- legit am curious to see how good Bad Bunny's going to do. Because all signs point towards he's going to be one of the better celebrity wrestlers ever. Yeah, I- I'm going with Bad Bunny and Damian Priest, and I'm back in this feud because of that promo Bad Bunny cut this past Monday on Raw, which is like, where the hell did this come from? Yeah. Like, this guy has had this in him. Like, I don't think it was like a particularly great promo, but it was leaps and bounds past what I thought Bad Bunny. You uh, felt it. Character. They, it yes, you, exactly. you felt it. When I say promo, it's like that Jericho promo uh, last night where I felt it in my loins. Like, this yeah. guy was pouring his heart out. 
uh, as a guy who respects wrestling and just the character they presented. This guy's driving around his Bugatti, and it's like, this is supposed to be a babyface. And that promo completely turned everything around for me. And I mean, I, I'm with it. I'm with it. And I think Bad Bunny is going to surprise some people into, as to what he can do. And yeah, I think Bad Bunny's definitely going to stand tall. I agree. I agree. Okay. So tonight, too. Um, so Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, they go against whoever. I mean, are, is there any chance Jackson Baszler loses to whoever the challengers are? I think so. I think whoever the challengers are are going to beat Jackson Baszler. Okay. They okay. got something planned. Some, there's something they're not telling us. I, I think something's going to happen. I think it's going to be Charlotte and Bailey, but something seems fishy about what they're doing on night one and night two with these tag team titles. All right. Uh, we'll keep. We'll, we'll put a button in that, and we will address that. Uh, well. We'll dress as much as we can Saturday. I'll text you Sunday after after it goes down. Right. right. Uh, Matt Riddle, your U.S. champion up against Sheamus. Uh, I see Sheamus winning this match. I just think um, – I mean, Riddle's been good as a comedy character. I'm not good in that I enjoy it. I just think, like, that's the role they've given him, and he's just committing to it. Uh, and I just think that this is the time that they beat him. Uh, listen, he's had the title for a while. He wasn't originally supposed to win it. I think that was supposed to be Keith Lee. Uh, so I just think that this is the time that they decide to beat him and have Sheamus run with the U.S. title for a bit. Because Sheamus has been great. I think Sheamus, ever since he started feuding with Drew McIntyre, he's been one of my favorite guys in or out of his feud with Drew McIntyre. I think Sheamus has been phenomenal in terms of, like, an unsung hero of this pandemic wrestling era. Yeah, I mean, Sheamus is always stellar, but I'm going to disagree. I'm going to say Matt Riddle. I, I think, um, for, yeah, as, as weird and goofy and, like, I feel like there's been a lot of high references on, on yeah. Raw and then even the Hall of Fame, so I don't know if, Vince just discovered that weed's becoming legalized in more states or what, but um, <laughs> I, don't what know. I don't know what it is, but I think Matt, I think this is going to be hard hitting as these two are going to do. They, they don't know how to do anything else but to hard hit. Um, but I think Riddle's going to win this. I think this match is meant to be like, again, Riddle's the goofy stoner, but he's the goofy stoner who he can still kick your ass. And so I think mm-hmm. that'll be trying to be a, a, a solidification of that. Um, Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn and Logan Paul is in the mix here. Um, but this has got to be Kevin Owens, I think, and I think Sami Zayn gets knocked out. I love Mike Tyson, Shawn Michaels. Um, I've absolutely loved the Sami Zayn in how he's promoted this documentary. Like, I really want to see this documentary. Um, and uh, like, you know, I, I think um, I think it's a good thing that they've got Logan Paul, but he. I don't know if that's going to be a big difference maker in terms of driving people to Peacock. It didn't make any difference with the viewership. Um, but I think uh, Kevin Owens is going to win. And I think he's going to get his dive off of that um, thing, the, like, ship. the pirate ship that he wanted yeah. to dive off last year. Yeah, and, and pictures have already leaked of the set of overhead pictures have leaked. And, like, they're doing kind of like what they did uh, in Orlando several years ago where the entranceway is actually on, like, the second level of the bowl of the football stadium. Yeah, and so yeah. where the pirate ship is, it's on like the second level mezzanine. The entranceway is being built off that, so you're going to see another high, steep ramp and and and, and entrance. So yeah, that it certainly seems like that's where we're headed. The Logan Paul thing, I, you're right. It really didn't seem to move the needle in viewership, and like I don't, and I'm not. I'll, I'm admit I'm not the most in touch with. I'm, I'm not subscribing or watching Logan Paul's YouTube. I like. I don't feel like I've heard a buzz of like. I don't feel like he's like Bad Bunny has moved a needle. There, there's there's obvious measurement of he's mm-hmm. he's grabbed attention on different platforms. I don't feel like Logan Paul's, and maybe maybe it's because it's been kind of rushed and done last minute. Uh, Bad Bunny's at least been in a decided storyline since the Rumble, but I don't quite see the the Paul appeal. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know how this came together, but Logan Paul is like a legitimate pay-per-view draw. He's a guy that he has been able to translate those subscribers into, you know, I think it was like a million buys he did for that last fight that he did against Nate Robinson. And, I mean, I would much rather see him in a feud where he's actually in a wrestling match that they built up. I would like to see what he would do for WWE's um, viewership and for their uh, Peacock subscription if there was a big Logan Paul match. But him just being kind of a celebrity guest uh, isn't really, obviously isn't doing it for wrestling fans. Yeah. All right, Biggie, your Intercontinental Champion up against Apollo Crews in the uh, very curious Nigerian drum fight. <laughs> Saying that this is happening in 2021, um, I, Apollo Crews kind of has to win this match because we don't know what it is. Maybe they'll have some rule that he's able to exploit uh, to win this match. Um, why not? Apollo Crews wins tonight. I, I think this match, uh, there's a danger that on Twitter they might kind of crucify this match and the why are we doing a Nigerian drum fight and that might overtake the match itself, but I see Apollo Crews winning. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it falls on the same line of like Punjabi prison match. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm all for Apollo Crews winning because, okay, so this is supposed to be like his match. Maybe this becomes, hey, look, maybe this becomes a gimmick, you know, maybe this becomes a gimmick match that he owns and like sticks around. You know, Hell in a Cell, Hell in a Cell suck around, Inferno match, Buried Alive, different, again, a lot of these are takers, but like, some matches do stick around. They do somehow click, and and I'm all for Cruz getting the push, uh, and and I'd be all for Cruz getting this mid card title, if that also then signaled Biggie finally moving to the top of the card. Sure. If Biggie comes into this new WWE calendar year and can make a case and get a number one contendership and start chasing uh, whoever the world champion is, so uh, I'm if that's what it comes to, I'm all for it. I can absolutely see that. Okay, uh, the Fiend uh, versus Randy Orton, and, and by all accounts, this is not going to be Hocus Pocus, Firefly Funhouse. By all accounts, the twenty-five thousand fans that night are going to see this live. Which, you know, look, Alfred, we've we've set people on fire. Uh, they've done a lot of stuff, and, and the verb is going into this. Alexa's like, "Rand, a legend killer, you're going to die." Like, what the like live? What the hell could they do that could cap this off that they can pull off live? They don't. They can't do a lot of camera tricks of what they've been able to do in a close set of the Thunderdome. This is the most confusing thing this entire WrestleMania weekend is that I mean, not only is it a live wrestling match, it's a wrestling match. It's not no disqualification. There's no stipulation of all the crazy stuff they've been doing. This is going to be the resolution. Is these two guys are just going to get in some locks and they're going to mat wrestle and like. I don't understand why this is a wrestling match. I mean, this, you know, we've heard the conjecture in terms of people hating this and, and just all the crazy things that they've done, the supernatural. And I uh, love it, mind you. Mind, you. mind you, this is some of my favorite stuff. I get into the magic. So yeah, I'm, sure. yeah. I'm, like, I'm very much able to suspend my disbelief, and I haven't been as egregious. You know, I've defended it. This is a hill I'm willing to die on. I've defended this feud and parts of this feud. I know that there has been some holes and whatnot. Uh, but I'm kind of confounded that this is going to be a wrestling match. I don't know what they'll be able to do. You know that there's going to be some lighting effects and, and stuff like that, but I just feel like this match is in danger of getting turned on by this live crowd if they try to get too creative with it. But I definitely see The Fiend winning. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think about – I mean, it's, it's pre-Fiend. It was, it, was, it was old Bray Wyatt, but I think about Bray Wyatt and Orton at, again, at Orlando Mania several years ago, and, like, they cut to, like – the, the ring had like an LED light, you know, like there was like were like there's all kinds of special effects. And I can remember being live in the crowd there and it did not come off well. No, you know, uh, I don't remember going back and seeing what it looked like on TV, but it did not come off well live. So, again, the fact that this is gonna be live and like, you know, I get Randy Orton, he just spoke about it on Austin's podcast, like how much he misses the fans. And Orton had the tall task of having to do those matches with Edge last year 
greatest wrestling match ever with no fans. So like I get it. He wants fans. So I get him maybe saying, no, don't put me in a pre-tape situation. I want to go out and be in front of 25,000 fans. But like, what the hell are you going to go out there? Like, what's the payoff? How do you end this? Yeah. Uh, so big, big, big on the hook there. I, I'm, I'm going to guess that the fiend's back. He's going to like somehow put this to rest. Yeah, I mean, I, I am very, very, if nothing else, I'm very curious. They do have my interest in terms of what they're going to do uh, to live up to all this crazy build because, I mean, we've seen everything. They've done everything in terms of building this matchup from bile to pentagrams to fire and the culmination is just, all right, guys, wrestle. So yeah. we'll see. I mean, they're both fine. I mean, they're capable of having a fine match. Just That's yeah. just not the story you're telling, though. Yeah. Right, all, all those things, pentagram, demonic, fire. Hey, make sure you get a snug lock up there when you guys get going. <laughs> Grab a hold, brother. Grab a hold. All right, Asuka defending her title against Rhea Ripley. Again, this is Thursday night. That's what we know now. We still have a SmackDown to go. Perhaps the match gets changed. Whether Who, who walks out as champion on, on, on that side? Is Asuka, is Asuka walking out as champion? I think it's Rhea Ripley. Um, I know that she did get heat on the go home show. And so, you know, the way WWE books, the person who kind of goes over on the show before usually does a job, but I can't see two WrestleManias in a row where they've just rolled out Rhea Ripley and she loses. I mean, that will kind of make WWE fans and audiences are about wins and losses. And that's kind of how they promote their stars. So if Rhea Ripley is seen as this person with these two major losses in her first two WrestleManias, it's like, well, why the hell should we care about her? So I think it would do her a big disservice if they beat her. Yeah, if it remains Asuka versus Rhea, I think Rhea gets it. I think you're right. But if they throw us the story in the next uh, you know, 48, 72 hours of Charlotte's in this and it's a triple threat, then I think Charlotte wins it. And the story is two years in a row, Rhea has been you know, Rhea can't get past that Charlotte obstacle in Mania. And probably next year we have something of Rhea and Charlotte. I think that's the I think that's the story that we get. So Okay, I can see that, but Rhea Ripley is a, clearly a heel now. So if she just kind of turns heel and and loses, I don't think people would be behind her wanting to chase or whatnot. I mean, I'm sure the hardcore fans would, but it would be a weird thing to do to somebody who just kind of turned heel and is they're just now starting to debut on the main roster. Well, that's true. Yeah, I guess that's true. She, yeah, she. Yeah. All right. Well, then I'm gonna go on. The, I'm gonna go on the assumption that Charlotte's not into this, and this is this is yeah, this is just a straight Rhea Ripley. It's her coming out. It's her win. Yeah. Okay, and finally, last but certainly not least, the triple threat match for the Universal Championship. Champion Roman Reigns, of course, with Paul Heyman up against Edge, up against Dan O'Brien. Dan O'Brien once again back in a WrestleMania, I think it's his third WrestleMania world title match. Um, probably the second time he's going to be truly in the main event in the, in the truest of the definition. Uh, this is exciting, Albert, because, I mean, mm-hmm. God, you can make a case for any of the three. Yeah. That this is the match that I'm the number one match I'm looking forward to, um, just based on the fact that I have no idea what's going to happen. I can see any of these guys winning, um, and I'm very much looking forward to this match. I think the crowd's going to be very hot for this match, um, and I really want to see Roman Reigns win. Again, I'm not confident in my prediction, but I'm going to take Roman Reigns because that's what I want to see more than anything. But I can see either of these guys winning. Yeah, I can make a case for anybody. Um, again, I, if I'm if I'm booking SmackDown ahead of time. Um, you know, like I said, I love to see Big E get in the world title picture, but I also think Big E getting the world title picture doesn't necessarily have to happen ASAP. You can maybe try to dangle it until Money in the Bank or until SummerSlam. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I think I think 
a part of me would love to see Edge. It would be cool to see Edge one more time. But yeah, Reigns has done such wonderful work as a, as the heel with with Heyman. Um, you know, D. Bry get it, it's good. But I think if Brian gets it, I think it's a I think it's a very quick thing. I think Brian drops it again within a few months. I don't I don't see it as anything long lasting. Um, this is hard to nail down. I, I'm I'm gonna go with Reigns just on the fact of like I'm gonna go I'm gonna go on Reigns, but if this ends the show, like. How does Rain if, if Reigns holds on to it, like how do you end the show and make it make it that make that a, a big unless somebody shows up unless a, a Cena or a Brock or somebody shows up and stares him down or declare you know I don't know like I, I this this feels like a, it could be a case for Reigns but again I'm thinking this is probably gonna be the very last match on this two night mania this has got to end strong yeah so who do you think gets pinned in this match well right right that that that's what I'm thrown by I, I don't. I, I'm thrown by. I don't know. I, I really don't know. That, that this is this has been the most. I have not been as stumped. I don't think on a WrestleMania main event, yeah. maybe since 14, because it was just like they're not actually going to let Brian win. Yeah. You know, he's got to get through Triple H and Batista and or, you know, like. I mean, I, I'm 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 truly kind of like stumped on this one. Like, I, I think that's know. a good thing. I think that's a very good thing. No, I, well, and I'm and I'm probably stumped because I think. <laughs> They've probably been stumped. I don't even know. Yeah, they kind of backed in. It's not like they've told this great story. Where now it's just that like they had to turn edge heels. So now there's this component where there's three guys in the match. Uh, but the fact that they're here now and it's a main event WrestleMania match, and you don't know who's going to go over, and, and that's pro- how they're going to close the weekend out. I mean, I think that's a good, very good situation to be in. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I could. Yeah, right. I can see any one of these three winning, and like all of a sudden, Brock Lesnar's music hits, and now like Heyman standing there torn between like Reigns and Hay- like, and I, you know, I mean, like it's going to need something like that. I feel that you know that's that's what I feel like it's going to need. Um, but that's a good thing. I like it. Um, so we'll see. So that's it. Going to do it for tonight here. So we got uh, SmackDown tomorrow night. Alfred, are you on tomorrow night? Uh, no, not tomorrow night. No, I think I'll tomorrow night. Yeah, I think tomorrow is Glenn, maybe Issa, some combination. Alfred and I Saturday Night After Mania. Uh, I think Raj is with Matt and Glenn Sunday. So the wrestling in crew, we've got you. I'll be on Busted Open Friday morning. Check it out there, 10 a.m. Eastern with Mark Henry and Dave LaGreca. Listen anytime on demand. Alfred, you got anything you want to plug? What's going on on Forbes.com? Uh, just read my articles on Forbes. I'll be talking about WrestleMania all weekend. And then watch me on NPR this weekend. I'll be on Weekend Edition. Listen to me on NPR with Scott Simon talking about WrestleMania. That's awesome. Do you know what time, day and time? Uh, Saturday morning. I, it comes on really early Saturday, so it'll be available Saturday. I'll tweet it out and, and whatnot. So Saturday, probably around 10 a.m. Good stuff. Today. Good stuff. So Alfred on Forbes and NPR. Like I said, I'm here in Wrestling Inc. We'll be doing Busted Open on SiriusXM tomorrow. We're everywhere. Tune in. Thanks for all the super chats. Thanks for all the other chats and everybody being engaged. Uh, subscribe, like, leave a comment, do all that good stuff. We appreciate it. Uh, again, we'll be back Saturday night after Mania Night 1. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.